0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking
1: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It is a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your Longhorn lender. Bowersockteam.com is where you need to go for all your home loan needs. Let Aaron and her team do it for you. What she did for Craig and Linda when they made the move to Georgetown, made that home loan process so easy. Craig has nothing but good things to say about the way it went. Just go to Bowersockteam.com. Aaron Bowersock, she is your Longhorn. Horn Leonard. Joining us as he does each and every Friday on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline is my colleague at Horns 24-7. He and Hudson Stand is doing the best job in the Texas market, keeping you up to date on the recruiting action on the 40 Acres. You can get him at Roach 247 on Twitter. Get that State of Recruiting podcast on the Horns 24-7 podcast feed. Whenever it drops and you can always get his outstanding work at Horns 24-7. He is Mike Roach and, and I may add... Introduced me to what is right up there with Hayes City store as the best burger in our fair burg. Did you not, Mike? That burger lived up to the hype.
0: How about that? I introduced you to an Austin place. I never thought that would happen.
1: Yeah, you now you're you've been how did you how did you run into uh the counter cafe down by campus?
0: Um, I think I'd seen that they had a top burger on Texas monthly and my wife and I were in town once and I said, let's go try this place. And, uh, and really loved it. So every time I get back, I try to get a burger from there.
1: A burger was legit, man. So legit. It's fresh. It was good. Uh, Mike, we could talk about burgers all, uh, the whole time we got you here, but we got to talk business. So you were uh, down on the 40 acres with me on Wednesday for practice. And then yesterday for the pro day, let's go to practice. And and for, for you, you follow these guys all throughout their high school careers, and then you see them on the field, specifically with you know those twenty twenty three signees, that big group of early enrollees. I just talked in the last segment; you and I talked about it. Like the the thing that jumps out at you right away about Arch Manning is just his frame, his size. I mean, he's going to be like one of these, I think, one of these six four plus, you know, two hundred twenty five, two hundred thirty plus pound quarterbacks. But what what jumped out to you, Mike, specifically with those newcomers? coming off of the recruiting cycle where you just followed them?
0: Yeah, I mean, the whole two days was kind of a surreal experience for me because I don't typically cover practice. I don't typically cover pro day. So, like, I only – like, when they leave high school, it's kind of – that's the end of my experience with them. And uh, just to see the guys that I had covered in high school on the practice field and then even to take a step further in, in their pro days, working out for NFL scouts was was a – uh, surreal, but like super rewarding experience. I think, you know, specifically with Arch, um, the thing that stood out to me is, you know, you watched him you at know, Isidore Newman, and you can tell, obviously, he's a big kid. The traits translate, all those sorts of things. But, you know, he's playing low-level competition in in New Orleans, and, uh, you know, the team around him is not the greatest. But when when I saw him on the field with other big-time athletes, other big-time quarterbacks, you know – you're like, oh, he doesn't look out of place. He looks like he belongs. He was, you know, out there. I thought going kind of throw for throw with Quinn in the in the session we were able to see, which you know isn't a ton. It's it's a lot of on air stuff, but I, I still thought it was that was instructive. And I kind of think that was the 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 deal for every guy I saw pretty much. I mean, whether it be Dante Cook, who I thought was really good in, in our portion at receiver, um, you know, or or. uh Anthony Hill at linebacker, a couple of the offensive linemen. Those guys all nobody looked out of place or looked like they were adjusting to their first uh, spring ball um, as as guys that should still be in high school. So um, I, I thought I think this twenty three class I think was was a was a group they needed and to get the majority of your good players on campus um, early, the, the top end of that class I think is huge for Texas.
1: Mike the, the two guys though that I think surprised me the most and again you, you watch the tape similar to what you're saying you, you watch the tape and you see these guys and you're like okay, how's it gonna translate and then you see it translate just in terms of you know movement skills and explosiveness and things like that uh the two you mentioned Jontae cook the man LeUncle LaFau, I just watch him he's stride for stride with Anthony Cook I mean I I I feel like I'm just beating a dead horse. It was imperative this staff do really well at off ball linebacker in twenty three and man, it looks like they hit two home runs with with those two guys and then there's still more guys to get to campus in that linebacker room.
0: Yeah, and I, I, feel, like, um, I feel like I feel like I beat this horse all year be, and so to me it's um, it's not a huge surprise because the guys we were talking to during the recruiting process who are on campus felt that Leon Leon foul was as high on their board as anybody. You know, they, they really went all out to get that kid. And it wasn't a case of, Hey, we need to, you know, he's a backup plan or anything like that. He was a massive priority for them. And, and, and they thought that he was a player that was really just, you know, because he was in Hawaii and away from kind of the national eyes that, that maybe he didn't get the national respect he deserved. And so, um, you know, I I think that he's kind of fitting in exactly the way the staff thought he would fit in when they recruited him. Um and, and you know, he's that's a kid that comes from a culture there at Kahuku High School where, you know, that's one of the big high school programs and and they know how to work. I, I think that's kind of what sticks out to me too, is a lot of these guys that early enrolled they come from these big traditional, successful programs. They understand the work that goes in when you talk about Soto or Kahuku or South Oak Cliff, um, Denton Ryan, places like that, those guys didn't have any problems adjusting because, to to some extent, they had worked on that level in high school. And so um, with Lee Fowl specifically, I, I think that's what the staff thought they were going to get, and I think they're probably you know pretty thrilled that they are getting it.
1: Mike, I want to go to Pro Day just from this standpoint. We're talking about this in the last segment, and, and I asked Sark about this. In the post-practice availability day, I want to get your take on it. When you talk to recruits, you know, Texas, obviously we know last year they didn't have anybody drafted. They're going to have several guys in that mix to get drafted. And it was weird for me watching Pro Day where the pool of draftable candidates is bigger than the pool of guys that are probably in that priority free agent group. How big of a deal is it to recruits that not just that they see Texas win games, but that they see Texas start to put guys in the NFL?
0: It's a big deal. I mean, it's something that's mentioned constantly by recruits of so this school. You know, I, this Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia; those are the schools that put kids in the NFL. And you know, if you want to go to the league, go there. Texas has to become that factory again. I, you know, I, I overheard Michael Huff walking out of the bubble yesterday, and he was talking to somebody about it. And he's like, "It was pretty good. It, you know, it wasn't like '05, but it, it was pretty. Good. It was a pretty good group. And they got to get back to that '05 type of group." Um, where you know it was you know multiple first rounders, two guys picked in the top ten. If they can get back to producing at that level, recruiting becomes a lot easier. Because in the end, that's the major goal of every, uh, I, I guess, ninety nine percent of kids is that um, you know their priorities are going to the NFL. I even you know bumped into a few few guys I knew that were underclass, uh, you know, not draft ready, but were there just hanging out that I had covered and. And, uh, you know, guys with multiple years of eligibility left and all of them were talking about like, man, I got to have a good year next year so I can, this is me, you know, and, and every they're three and out, it's not an easy thing to do, uh, wow. but it, it's, it's a huge part of the recruiting piece for sure.
1: Mike, I want to end with this. Uh, obviously with Sark's comments earlier in the week, a lot of people had fun with that, uh, running with the Quinn and Arch stuff and a quarterback competition, but. In all seriousness, when you just look at the way that room flows in terms of attrition, guys coming in, guys coming out, in the portal era, they've already got Trey Owens, their guy for 2024. How deep into it do you think Sark and A.J. Milwe are on quarterbacks for the class of 2025? And has anybody jumped out on your radar already as a guy that could be a guy Texas looks at really, really hard in that 2025 class?
0: I think there's a couple of different things in play. I think they are for sure deep into it because that's the great part about getting your work done early in this class and in the classes beforehand is you can turn at a position like quarterback where you're only recruiting a a smaller number of players. You can really turn your attention to evaluation and and figuring out what everybody wants. I think the factors in play are... The biggest one to me is Julian Lewis, the the 2026 all-everything quarterback. There's been some rumors he might reclassify to 2025. And so I think if he does that, your math changes and you may see an all in type of recruitment, like you saw with, with Arch Manning. Um, if he doesn't, I think that there's a lot of intriguing in-state options. I wrote about a couple of them earlier this week on Horns 24 seven guys that they've been, you know, in a lot of communication with, whether that be killed Ryan from, from Fort worth, all saints or uh, Sawyer Anderson from a parish Episcopal uh, Adam Shovel from Columbus. But there's, there's some really intriguing in-state options. Kevin Sperry from across the Rock Hills on campus today at practice. Um, and then, uh, obviously, this, this group isn't afraid to go out of state to recruit their guys. In fact, the majority of their of their quarterback takes from high school have been from, from out of state. So, um, you know, I, I think we'll see kind of what pops up out west. And, um, you know, for quarterbacks, it's still – this is a big year for those 25 guys because there's guys that probably, you know, popped up a little bit early, um, but they don't have a great read on them and they'll kind of see what they look like this spring, this summer, and especially this fall. So I think you saw with, um, with Trey it's a slower, uh, a slower approach to, to recruiting that cycle. After getting Arch Manning, you didn't have your guy lined up for, for two years, but uh, and, and I think that it's probably possible we'll see that again.
1: Hey, Mike, real quick, I'd be remiss if I didn't let you uh, shout out the staffs in our area that hosted you this week, making a trip over to uh, to Lake Belton to check on Micah Hudson and their crew, and then making a, a quick trip over to Hutto before you headed back home.
0: Yeah, um always try to, if I'm out of town or I'm in a city, try to maximize my time, which... I was kind of I, I was kind of kicking myself going to Hutto yesterday because I was just so tired and I was like I scheduled this eight a.m. stop at Hutto and I could just sleep in, um, but wanted to get over there. Coach Compton at Hutto has been awesome about promoting his kids, and I I'm all for staffs rewarding staffs that that get out there and try to get their kids seen. Um, we want to be able to see as many as possible. Coach Cope at Lake Belton, incredible. Um, you know, a great time over there. They've got a, a great setup. And um, and then, you know, I even talked to a couple other guys that I wasn't able to make it. But I think Bastrop reached out to me. Uh, Coach Hughes over at Gluterville Weiss reached out to me last night. Um, so, I, a lot of great schools. I don't think Austin gets seen as much by guys. Um, so, would love to get some more coverage there. And of course, that, you know, that allows me more opportunity for Counter Cafe Burgers.
1: It's on me next time. Uh, you can get him on Twitter at Mike Roach 247 Get that uh, State of Recruiting podcast on the Horns 24-7 podcast feed, and you can always get his outstanding work along with that of Hudson Standish and our team at Horns247.com. He is the recruiting editor at Horns247. He is a saint for introducing me to the counter-cafe burger and the majestic piece of beef that it is. He is Mike Roach. Mike, it's good to see you this week, man. And we will uh, we'll do it again next week.
0: All right, next show.
1: There he is, Mike Roach, making his weekly visit with us as he does each and every Friday.